Well, welcome back to school. It was an exciting week. I don't know about you, but it was fun going through social media and getting to see all of the kids' pictures. And the new tradition, or recent tradition, I guess it wasn't there when I was growing up, is people hold up signs. They ask their kids what they want to be when they grow up. So it's really fun to see what your kids say. Um, we didn't do that with Elia. I have a picture of her first day of preschool, which was really exciting. But if we asked her what she wanted to be when she grew up, she would probably give us a funny answer like chicken butt, and then she'd laugh at us because she thinks butt is a funny word. Or she would say she wanted to be a cookie eater, and I was like, yeah, me too. I want to be a cookie eater. Um, but she did really great and enjoyed that. But it was really fun to get to see all of the kids and what they wanted to do when they grew up. And it made me start thinking about what I wanted to do when I grew up. Again, we didn't have those signs. Um, we did take first day of school pictures as well. But one of the things that I really wanted to be when I grew up, and some of you have heard me talk about this before, is what's called a blacksmith. Has anyone ever heard what a blacksmith is? Some of you, maybe. So there's a picture of me. Um, I was probably a little bit older than Elia, but I wanted to be a blacksmith. This was like my passion. Um, and what a blacksmith is, is they heat up iron, and then they have this anvil right here, and they bend iron on the anvil, and they make things. And a lot of times, they were also like the town farrier. So they would make the horseshoes for the horses, and I also loved horses, and they would shoe the horses. Um, and so that was my passion. I really, really wanted to be a blacksmith. Um, but the problem is, have any of you ever seen any blacksmith shops around? Is there a blacksmith shop in Tiffin, Iowa City? No, there isn't. So I think I really missed my calling. I was probably supposed to be born in like 1847 um, and work in a town called Goochland, Virginia at the Jackson Blacksmith Shop. I think that's what I was really supposed to do. I was born in the wrong century for sure. Um, but that's really what I wanted to do uh, when I grew up. Um, life took me in a different journey. Um, I didn't get to pursue that. It took me to college um, where I wanted um, to pursue leadership. So I got a degree in leadership and then I was like, you know what, if I'm going to do leadership, I also want to be um, savvy in business. So I got my degree in business um, and then I started at a startup company. And then I realized, ah, oh, I don't know if that's what I really want to do. <laughs> So I went back to school, and I went to seminary. Um, actually, a fun fact, I went to seminary with Taylor. Um, and we both went to seminary, and so I graduated from seminary. So if I were to put all of my life experiences, all of my dreams and passions into my calling, or what I think my calling is, it was really to be born in 1847 in Goochland, Virginia, being a blacksmith shop owner, starting the shop all by myself. Maybe I would also be running like a Bible study and leading that Bible study because probably back then I couldn't have been a pastor speaking on a stage. But that's probably what my calling was. And all throughout life, I'm like, oh man, what is my calling? What is my calling? I know that God's taken all of my unique experiences, my relationships, my education, and he's calling me to something specific. And I don't know if that's you, or maybe that's been you, but you're sitting here thinking, man, I do have unique experiences. I have passions. I know that there's no one exactly like me. I have a unique DNA. I have these special gifts. I know that I have this special calling. Maybe that's you that is thinking, maybe I, I know that I can be used by God. I can have a significant impact. I, I, I know that I need to do something important, maybe. Maybe I feel like I'm uniquely designed and created by God, and I know that he wants to use it 
for his glory. Maybe you're sitting here thinking, oh, I just want to make a lasting impact. I want to make a significant difference. I want to do something eternal. I want to do something that matters. I want to do something really unique and special. If you were like me and thought those questions or still thinking those questions or on that journey, the biggest question is, where do I even start? I don't even know where to begin that. I don't know how to tie everything into a bow and say, okay, God, take this crazy journey of being wanting to be a blacksmith and a farmer and wanting to do leadership and seminary and all these experiences and all these people and all this education. What do you do with that? But see, I think God has a great purpose for us. And I was called to this verse this week. And I think that God really does want to use all of you in a unique and special way because he created us so uniquely. There's a verse in Ephesians, and the writer of Ephesians, Paul, was writing to um, recent converts, and he wanted to give them encouragement. He wanted to help them grow in their spiritual knowledge. And at the time that he wrote this to them, he was a prisoner. He was falsely accused and in prison writing this to them. He said this, he said in Ephesians 4, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you, I beg you, live a life worthy of the calling you have received. And what's really, really interesting in this is he's falsely accused. And he's saying, you know what? Regardless of my circumstances, I'm going to encourage someone else. I may be able not to do something specific while I'm in prison, but I can encourage and write this letter to you and encourage you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. So if you're asking yourself this morning, are you called? Is God calling you? I'm going to already answer that for you. So you don't have to sit here and listen to my message questioning that. Yes, God is calling you. I'm going to let that sink in for a bit. And I'm going to say it one more time. I'm going to say, yes, God is calling you. What that is? we're going to talk about, but God is calling you. He's calling each of you. And I want you to just let that soak in and let that just resonate with you that, yeah, God is calling you. Don't have any doubt about that. God is calling you. When you think about this, it puts a little weight on your day. You have to act a little bit different. You have to do things different. You have to think about what God is calling me. You have to wrestle with those questions of, okay, then what? If you're saying that God's calling me, what do I have to do with that? You have to resonate with yourself and say, okay, yep, maybe God did choose me for something specific. Maybe God did gift me for something specific. And that can weigh on you. For some of you, you might be sitting here thinking, okay, well, if God called me, maybe I missed my calling. Maybe I was supposed to pick a different college. Maybe I was supposed to go to Iowa State, and I would have got a good education. Maybe I was supposed to pick a different degree. Um, maybe I was supposed to pick a different career path. Maybe I would be in a different level in the company if I would have chose and accepted that position with that company versus the company I'm with today. Maybe for some of you, it was, you know what, I should have moved somewhere different. I got the opportunity to go somewhere, and I should have taken that opportunity to move across the country. 
Some of you might be sitting here thinking, oh man, I really probably should have been at that series that Taylor told me I should have been at, which is every series he tells you not to miss. But you should have been there. And you think, oh man, I missed that one series. And during the three minutes, which I absolutely hate to meet other people, I missed going to talk to that cute girl over there. And now she's dating someone else. And now I'm going to be single for the rest of my life. I missed my calling. I don't know about you, but I've had sick, crazy thoughts like that too. Maybe not quite that exact one, but other ones where I was like, I should have made that right turn. Now I'm stuck and I'm, there's a train and I'm going to be 10 minutes late. Maybe I should have went to that seminar. Maybe I should have went to that conference. Maybe I should have took that job. Maybe I should have talked to that person at that networking event. And you sit there and you're constantly like, what if, what if, what if, what did I miss? What am I called to do? And what am I supposed to seize in that opportunity? I know it's something big, something important, but it took me a long time in the journey to realize something really, really important. And honestly, I'm still learning this. And that important thing is, is it matters first about who I am. Who you are matters first, and what you do is second. See, God's calling you to a who before a do. Think about that. God is calling you to a who before a do. He's called us to look at our lives and look at who we are inside. Our integrity, our passion, our generosity, who we are as people. He's called us to be that who. The Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Timothy this. He wrote, he has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything that we have done, because of his own purpose and his own grace. See, the Bible never talks about a specific career or specific task. It's calling us to a holy life. It's calling us to a who before we do. And for a lot of us, we struggle with that because calling us to a holy life means that we don't act like the world. Maybe we don't look like the world. We don't talk like the world. We're not driven by the same things the world is driven by. Success, money, importance. See, the Bible talks about the who. Living a holy life. And recognizing that you're called by God to live that holy life. So when you're thinking about what am I called to do? Start with the who are you called to be? Who is God asking you to be? He's asking you to become like Jesus. And that's way more important to God than what you do. It's who you are. You might think about the different roles that you might be called to do, and it kind of gets confusing because it's like, okay, I have this skill set, so am I, am I called to be a preacher or a teacher or a wife or a husband or a mom or a dad or a brother or sister or a salesperson or a clerk? Or what is it that I'm supposed to do with this, this skill set? And God wants to use all of that. But he wants you to look inward first and look at the who that you are supposed to be. You see, if you are a teacher and you're not loving your family at home, and you're loving kids at school, you're not fulfilling your calling. If you're the greatest speaker, but you don't live generously, you don't love others, 
you're not fulfilling your calling. You could be the greatest salesperson. You meet your sales quota every single month. But if you're not becoming like Jesus and serving like Jesus, you're not fulfilling your calling. You could be here on Sunday morning setting up chairs, teaching in kids, working on production, worship, worshiping. But if you're not walking and living a life towards Jesus, you're not fulfilling your calling. Because your calling starts with the who. It's your heart posture. It's the tension of your heart and serving the God who serves you. See, your calling isn't something just important in the future and looking and planning 10 years down the road or figuring out when God's going to call you in two years or five years. The calling starts with your faithfulness each and every day. Your faithfulness today, your faithfulness tomorrow, your faithfulness on Tuesday. It's waking up each morning and saying, I'm called by God. I'm called by God to live a holy life. Not because of anything we've done, because we don't deserve God. But God loves us so much that he's called us to live that holy life. In Colossians, it says this. It says, And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all for the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. In whatever you do, fulfill that call of who you are supposed to be. In everything you say, all your exchanges with your family, your kids, your coworkers, or whatever you do, whatever the tasks are that you need to complete in that day, do it for him. There's a great example in scripture in Mark, Mark chapter 10 and Mark chapter 11. And Jesus has two of his disciples around him in Mark chapter 10. It's James and John. And James and John are asking Jesus, you know, Jesus, we want to be seated on the right and left side of you. We want to be so important. We want to be known. We want to be recognized. We want to have some clout. Jesus, can we sit on the right and the left side of you? And Jesus says this in response. He says, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be saved, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. You must be a servant. We're called to be servants. We're called to serve those around us. Not focusing on the what, but focusing on the who. The who that we are supposed to be, which is to be a servant. In the next chapter, in uh, chapter 11, Jesus, uh, it's the story of the triumphal entry. Uh, many of you might be familiar with Palm Sunday and Jesus riding in on a donkey and the palm branches and people yelling Hosanna. But before that story, right at the beginning, Jesus asked two disciples. He asked them to do a specific task. And I kind of wonder if he was asking James and John, although the writer of Mark does not tell us who that was. It just says two disciples. But he asked two disciples to go on ahead and catch a donkey because that's what Jesus would ride on. So he asked them to go get this donkey and bring the donkey back. And you know what? They're probably like, oh my goodness. I left everything. I gave all of my job opportunities up. I left my family, my home, everything I've known. 
And I thought I was going to do something important, something with this big recognition, something with this clout, something that would make me known to everyone because I followed Jesus. But no, Jesus said, go get the donkey and bring the donkey back. And I wonder how they felt in that moment, having a task that seemed really, really small to them. But see, that donkey, that donkey was the donkey that carried Jesus to his calling, to give his life for each of us. Because the size of the assignment never determines the significance of your impact. Even though they had donkey duty, and they had to go get the donkey and bring the donkey back, that opportunity led Jesus to his calling. Because the size of your assignment never determines the significance of your impact. And as I mentioned last week, and I talked about last week of, you know, the different famous people that we don't always remember, but the people that left a significant impact that were personal to us, those people were, you know, completing smaller assignments, but their significance and the impact they had on our lives were lasting. See, you may be called, and God may be inviting you to do that same thing, to do something small, but your heart has to be open. You have to be open to hear what that call is because you have to focus on the who first. If you look at the Bible, there's many other um, examples of this, of the size of the assignment not determining the significance of your impact. You may remember the story of a small shepherd boy who was asked to pick up some small stones and throw them at a Goliath. You may remember the story of the young child who had a small lunch, and he didn't think that was a small task, or he did think it was a small task, and he brought that, that lunch, and Jesus used that same lunch to feed 5,000 people. See, what you might be called to do might seem insignificant, might seem small, but it matters. It matters to God, and God wants to use you but you have to focus on the who. You have to be open to listening to God and listening to what he is asking, asking you to do. Because each of us are set apart. We're set apart, we're chosen by God. That whatever we do, whatever he calls us to do, regardless of the size of the task, that we're called to do it with faithfulness. We're called to do it with passion. We're called to do it with integrity. We're called to do it with love. We're called to do it with humility. We're called to do it with grace. Because we do it because of the one who gave it all for each of us. Even if that means going and getting a donkey. So you may say, okay, well, I still really want to find it. I really want to find that what. I, I feel like I've been focusing on the who, but... I don't, I don't know the what. What is that what? See, when you're faithful to Jesus today and you serve with integrity, with love, and you die to yourself and allow God to use you to make Jesus known to the world and those around you, and you say, you know what? I want less of me and more of him. 
And it becomes about not your name, your status, your job title, how much money you make. And you say, you know what? It's about the one who gave his life for you, who suffered and shed his blood and rose again so that you could be forgiven. And you get to be filled with that same spirit who raised Christ from the dead. Because when all of that happens, everything you do becomes about the glory of God and saying, you know what, I'm going to honor him in everything I do today, in word and in deed. Then the what isn't a question anymore. You don't have to find your calling. Your calling finds you. And I know you may be like, what? Okay, I don't mean that it's going to just fall in your lap. But when you find and focus on the who, who you are, your calling finds you. You're sensitive to the spirit that's speaking to you. You know when you need to do something. You sense when God is asking you to step out in faith, when he's asking you to help others and serve others. He may be asking you to say, you know what, I need to switch switch jobs. He may be calling you to pursue your passion. He may be calling you to something greater, to use your gifts and your talents to run after that one lost sheep and leave the 99. He may be calling you to see a hurt person that you haven't seen before and to stop and ask them how they're doing and genuinely listen to their needs. He may be calling you to pray for that child of yours that has been running from God. He may be calling you to serve. Serve in a capacity of his church, serve your community, serve your neighbor. He may be calling you to live generously and give to causes like Haiti. He may be calling you to love your kids in a new way and to disciple your kids towards Jesus. See, you don't have to figure out the what when you focus on the who because your calling finds you. And those things that you thought once were meaningless, he uses and they become meaningful because it becomes about the one who created you, the one who gave your his life for you. Because there's only one you. One you with the unique experiences, the unique passions, the unique gifts that you have. And he wants to use all of that for his glory. So what are you called to? You're called to a who before you do. You're called to become like Jesus, set apart to live a holy life. Live differently than the world lives and be okay with that. And not run after what the world is running after, but run after what God is running after. Because one day you'll see the things that God is calling to you to. To pray, to love, to serve, to give. And I know that's tricky because in some things we're like, you know what, I just don't know what that is. Focus on the who. And allow God to open your eyes to see his world, his broken world that he wants you to be a servant to.
For some of you, you might say, you know what, I just, I have a lot of education, I have a lot of professional experience, and I could be doing so much more, but maybe God's calling you to just love your babies, love your kids. You get 940 weeks with your kids until they're 18. And maybe God's just saying, you know what, you need to have a new passion for serving your kids and loving your kids. Maybe God's calling you to love a spouse that's really hard to love to pray for your marriage in a new way. Maybe God's calling you to reach out to that coworker that you know is struggling. And you might be really successful in your role and they've gotten left behind and God's saying, you know what? They're your one that you need to go after this week. Maybe God's calling you to just say yes to being his servant. So you may ask, Stephanie, I want to know what you're called to. And you see, I'm called to a couple different things. But I didn't figure out that what until I started with the who. See, I'm called to serve alongside Taylor to be a shepherd to his church, you, the people, and to serve under the greatest shepherd there ever was who left the 99 and went to the one. I'm called to lay down my life and serve my husband and my kids and my family, to make time for them, to be faithful to them. I'm called to disciple my children towards the goodness of God and to show them the love that God has for them so they get to experience the relationship that I get to experience with a loving father. I'm called to collect ministry cards Taylor thinks these are kind of ridiculous, but I look forward to them every year. It's just a paper card. It's pretty flimsy. It's not even a thick, like, credit card. But we get these in the mail, and no, it doesn't give me any discounts at, like, Chick-fil-A or Hobby Lobby, but I look forward to getting this card because it's the card that says, I'm a servant. And it's a card that says, I served his church faithfully another year. It may have been a hard year. It may have been a year where I struggled to wake up every day and say, you know what, God, how are you calling me to serve your church today? When some days I feel hurt by the church. But I look forward to this. Not because of its importance or to brag and say, you know what, I got, I got my card again this year. Because it's a symbol that I have of saying, you know what, I was faithful. I may not have been important. I may have not got to have the recognition that I thought I was going to have. But I served his church faithfully. And yeah, there's going to be hard days. There's going to be days where I'm focused on the what. But I have to start with the who. Because when I get to heaven... God's not going to say, well done, good and important servant. He's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Because you focused on living a holy life and listening to the spirit of where he was calling you to be. Let me read this verse to you one more time. Again, in prison, falsely accused, Paul writes this. He says, as a prisoner of the Lord... I beg you, I urge you, just please, please 
Whatever you do, I want to urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. And each of you have received a calling. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for calling us. Not to the what, but the, the who that we are supposed to be. We're called to live a holy life. We're called because we're set apart. We were chosen by you. We were uniquely created by you. Not to run towards the importance or what the world recognizes, but to become like you. To become like Jesus. To be your disciple. And I pray that as we go throughout our weeks, may we see the small tasks that may seem meaningless, but recognize that in those small tasks, you can use them and they can be meaningful. That it doesn't matter the size of the assignment of what you're calling us to, that we can respond and say, yes, I'm going to do this. May you stir up in each of us that divine calling. May you just resonate in each of our hearts that we are called. We're called to be your church. To be the church to the world. We're called to love outlandishly. Called to live generously. To serve those around us. I pray that you work in each of us and start with the who. There may be something that we're holding on to. There may be something that we've done in our past that's holding us back from how you want us to use that. Use us. I pray that you, you take that and you break down those barriers, those lies we're telling ourselves. The things that we say, you know what? We're not good enough. We're not worthy. Break those down and reassure each one of us that we are called. We're called by you, the creator and author of the universe. May each of us just rest in that assurance that you are the God of everything. You are the good, good Father. And that we are called. In your name we pray. Amen.